Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Heavenly Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text for today is the Gospel lesson appointed for the fourth Sunday in the season of Pentecost. I read to you from Mark chapter 5, starting on the 21st verse, down to the 43rd verse. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, uh, all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, "If I touch his garments, I will be made well." And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house someone, uh, some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was twelve years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Thus far the text. I invite you to bow your heads with me in prayer. Gracious God, we praise your name for this good news. Uh, We just ask that you help us to receive it in our hearts and to trust it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord, friends, Jairus and the woman with the issuance of blood, help us to understand that faith is built upon the the recognition of God's ability and rests upon God's faithfulness. To the former, that faith is built upon the recognition of God's ability. Both Jairus and the woman heard that Jesus was a healer, a man sent into the world by God who brought about miraculous restorations in many people. They heard that he made the blind see and the lame walk, and that he cleansed lepers and gave uh, hearing to the deaf. 
um, they heard that he gave healing to many others who were afflicted. And that's why they sought Jesus out. What they heard inspired them to believe that Jesus could indeed bring about healing. This is a practical example of Romans 10, 17, where the Apostle Paul tells us that faith comes by hearing. These two individuals weren't grasping at straws, as some might suppose, but were instead emboldened to seek Jesus out based upon what they knew and what they trusted to be true. Just listen to their words again and listen to their confidence. Jairus, he says, my daughter, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And the woman, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. There's no doubt at all in either one's mind that Jesus is fully capable of helping them in their time of need, whether it's a need that was spoken publicly or whether one that was locked up inside the heart and, and unspoken. And Jesus was willing to help. As soon as Jairus asked, Jesus headed out with him as requested. And as soon as the woman touched Jesus' cloak, uh, that prayer shawl, um, she was healed. There was no surprise in this matter, by the way. Some people might think that because Jesus turns around and said, who touched my garments, that Jesus was somehow an unwilling participant in this healing. And this wasn't the case at all. Our Lord was more than willing. As a matter of fact, Jesus was looking forward to blessing the woman beyond what it is that she could ever imagine. Jesus was being very specific here in his query. He didn't say, who touched me, but he instead asked, who touched my garments? In doing so, our Lord was speaking specifically to that woman's inner voice, that same voice that so confidently pressed her to make her way through that entire crowd and reach out with her hand to touch that tassel. Jesus confirmed the clear line of association between her act of faith and his act of faithfulness, between her trust and his trustworthiness. That woman didn't have to tell her story to Jesus. He knew it from even before her illness started. She confessed what she did and the very reason why she did it because she heard and she knew with confidence that she'd been blessed with healing because of Jesus and, and, and because it was true. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And this statement is well worth a second look. Uh, Jesus ties the faith of the woman to the peace that he alone can give, something that we do well to remember, especially when we're coming before our Lord with our petitions. Illness can certainly disrupt our lives, as can marital strife or financial struggles and so on. But godly peace is safeguarded for us in heaven by God. It's as certain as our inheritance, which, as Peter says, is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, and is reserved in heaven for us who believe. Yes, your faith on this side of eternity will be tested. Peter alludes to that just a few short verses further on, if you'd like to read about it for yourselves in 1 Peter 1, 3-7. And sometimes it'll be tested greatly, as, as Jairus's faith was testing in the pending death of a loved one. But faith is of God, and, and that faith prevails. Jairus found that out personally on that day. While Jesus was still speaking to the woman, some of his friends approached him with the news that no parent wants to hear, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore, any further? This is where Satan does his best to derail faith. He knows our fragility. When things aren't going our way and our prayers don't get answered in the way we envisioned, he jumps all over our vulnerability and tempts us to give up. 
And he often uses those who we know who are closest to us in his deadly game. Remember Job and his well-meaning friends? Remember his wife? <laughs> why this, this, this why trouble the teacher any further is, is very much akin to Job's wife saying, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die, Job 2.9. Jesus reinforces Jairus' integrity. He encourages this man who sought uh, him out in faith to continue on in faith. Uh, do not fear, Jesus tells him, only believe. The godly faith we receive is equally trustworthy and equally upheld by Christ. He sends us his Holy Spirit when we're weak and when we're struggling and, and helps us to continue on in faith, even in the face of death. For as Jesus says in John 6, 40, this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. We may sleep, but we will not die. The Talitha Kumi spoken over the child is a gentle reminder of how Jesus sees death. It is as a child who is asleep awaiting the appointed moment of his arrival and his awakening where Jairus said, come and lay your hand on her so that she may be made well and live, Jesus responds by not laying his hand upon her to heal, but by offering it to her to lift her up out of a slumber. Um, that same hand is extended outward to us that we too may be lifted up out of our slumber, my dear friends, our slumber of, of hopelessness, our slumber of of apathy, and especially our slumber of death on the last day. No cemetery out there will, will be without Christ's hand raising people up. It's a hand that's extended out, uh, out to us in God's Word. It's a hand that's extended out to us in God's sacraments. And it's a hand that's upheld for us in God's free gift of faith. Whether our petitions are spoken out loud or breathed silently before God, whether we stand before Jesus pleading our case as Jairus did, or whether we approach him unable to speak our thoughts even as that woman did, our God-given faith will be met fully by God's faithfulness. We may not see the fullness of that work come to fruition today, but we can trust that God will see it come to fruition on his behalf. His faithfulness will never leave us. We go to the book of Lamentations for our key verse this week. There we hear these comforting words. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. Lamentations 3.34 Knowing that God who gives us faith also supports us in that faith and helps us to understand that faith and even exceeds the expectations of that faith, may we all be blessed to share what it is that we've received in, in that proclamation. Uh, once again, um, here's that verse, Lamentations 3.34, The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. And may we always look to God, as Jairus did, and as that woman did, trusting in God's providence, and beyond all that, in his salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, um, you come to us with faith, and, and through your word and through that faith, we are strengthened. 
we know that we can trust you in all things and even trust you in the face of death. Help us, Lord God, unburden our hearts and give us peace, knowing that we can indeed uh, walk with you and be blessed by you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Amen. And amen.